This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Hi, everyone. A couple of months ago, in July of 2019, provoked by all of the headlines then about people getting out and storming Area 51 in September of this very month, the web magazine Insider.com did a survey of a thousand Americans to ask what many different kinds of unproved conspiracy theories and paranormal phenomena they might find to be totally credible. Insider then reported about the poll results, quote, the two most popular conspiracy theories which were each believed by 20% of respondents were one, extraterrestrials have come to Earth, and an advanced technological society existed prior to our modern era. And if these poll results are extrapolated to represent all of America, approximately 50 million adults would believe that aliens have made landfall on our planet, close quote, insider.com. Well, we at earthfiles.com wondered, shouldn't the real question be why are alien intelligences visiting Earth? And why so much secrecy, both by our governments, by military, and by the non-humans themselves? Over 1,000 of you responded to our September 17th Earth Files poll about why are alien intelligences visiting Earth. 35% of you thought the reason for aliens visiting Earth is genetic manipulation and harvest of Earth life. 26% think the reason is alien-seeded DNA manipulation to create evolving Homo sapien. Only 2% think aliens are terraforming our watery Earth and the Moon and Mars and throughout the solar system. 25% of you agree that there have been waves of alien civilizations on Earth for half a billion years and 12% think aliens are studying our death, the moment of death, and transition to another dimension. And here are a few of your poll comments. Leon Mohan, quote, All of the above. Who really knows why they are here? All we do know is that they are here and have been here forever. There seems to be something special about humans that keep the aliens interested and the elite in a perpetual game of keeping the majority in the dark and hiding our true history and origins. Vivian Stanford, I for one am so tired of being jerked around by whatever is going on and whoever is doing it. I have been into this search since the 1960s. When does it end? B-J-O-S-C-H. They are not visiting Earth or this solar system. The various species have already been around for multiple millions or billions of years. They created Homo sapiens sapien and probably other species before us for their specific purposes. The extraterrestrials 
either already belong in this solar system or also are part of various galactic groups. Out of the billions upon billions of advanced galactic species, we humans are just the latest short-lived mayflies in creations, the endless, everlasting, always changing universe. It's teeming with life of all sorts, imaginable and unimaginable. And we humans will never understand the reality of it all. Whatever the final truth is, about what kind of other intelligences with what mixed agendas are interacting with Earth now and back in time for millions of years. We humans are only the latest baby on this block. I want to begin my news update tonight with a UFO-related video that was allegedly recorded on the night of September 7th, 2019, just a few days ago, by an Iranian soldier in the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, who tweeted a video of heavy anti-aircraft artillery that was fired at an unidentified aircraft. The UFO UAP seems unaffected by all of the direct artillery fire for at least 43 seconds based on the videotape. The shooting at the UFO is over the city of Saravan, Iran, which is the capital of Sistan and Baluchestan province near the border of Pakistan, west of Karachi. This video was edited by Ufomania. The truth is out there, and the video source is We Are Not Alone via Kamini underscore IR. The Iranian Persian Farsi in the tweet was translated by We Are Not Alone as, quote, Many soldiers talk about it as a UFO. Also, because the object is targeted by Iranian anti-aircraft with heavy machine gun shots, and it is impossible to understand if the moving back and forth aerial object is hit several times without knocking it down, close quote. On September 6th, just one day before this artillery shooting at a UFO video was tweeted by the Iranian Revolutionary Guard soldier, the ranking Republican member of the Intelligence and Counterterrorism Subcommittee, Representative Mark Walker of North Carolina, told reporters he had formally requested more data and evidence about UFOs and UAPs from Richard Vaughn Spencer, who is now serving as the 76th United States Secretary of the Navy. Secretary Spencer was also asked two months ago by President Donald Trump on July 15, 2019, to also assume the duties of Acting Secretary of Defense, 
while he remains Secretary of the Navy at the same time. Representative Walker said he asked Secretary Spencer what resources the U.S. Navy is dedicating to investigate mysterious encounters with unidentified aircraft. U.S. Navy Undersecretary Thomas Modley replied to Representative Walker in a July 31st letter this year released publicly by Politico, quote, the Department of the Navy takes these reports very seriously and continues to log sightings and fully investigate the accounts. And not to be confused that the UFOs and UAPs under discussion could possibly be unmanned drones, Representative Walker specifically asked the Navy about unidentified aerial phenomena that are described as aerial objects traveling at high speeds and stopping midair or doing 90-degree turns that human pilots could not do and survive. Further, Representative Walker says that Congress needs to know more about the Pentagon's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program that was first reported about on December 16, 2017 in the New York Times front page. That breaking news was about U.S. Navy jet fighter pilots who have captured in infrared gun camera video some UFO UAP aerial craft making astonishing movements. The head of that ATIP program in the Pentagon from 2007 to 2012 was Luis Elizondo, who retired in October 2018 and is now with Tom DeLong's To the Stars Academy in San Diego, known as TTSA. Lou Elizondo is now their director of global security and special programs for To the Stars. Politico reported that in its recent September 6th interview with Representative Mark Walker, who once was a church pastor, that Walker, quote, acknowledged that he is open to the possibility that there are no easy explanations to UFOs, UAPs, or that the answers could change how humanity perceives the known universe. The way I look at this, says Representative Walker, is what if U.S. government agencies already do know about the UFOs, UAPs, but the rest of us don't? I certainly have an open mind to see where that leads us. We are going to stay on this issue and follow through like we said that we wanted to, close quote. Representative Walker and others might not realize it yet, but his inquiries about UFOs and UAPs are also related to questions about whether there are other dimensions and timelines where airplanes, boats, people, and alien intelligences can pop in and out of this matter world. And that was the subject in my last week's September 11th EarthFiles.com broadcast here in which I shared an interview that I had recently recorded with retired California police officer Jim Filippi about his high strangeness experiences there, and one especially an experience that he had in Sharp Park, southwest of San Francisco. In July of 1975, he and his girlfriend 
were driving his Dodge 4x4 pickup truck on the beach, which was legal to do at the time. And from Sharp Park, they started going south along the ocean until they could not see any people around them, and they got stuck in the deep sand. After an hour of trying to free his truck, Jim Filippi decided to let the air out of his oversized tires to at least keep the truck from washing away in the rising tide. And at the moment that he opened up a tire valve and heard the hiss, he heard a deep voice say, Do you need help? Jim could not believe that out of nowhere, three very tall, at least seven feet, Middle Eastern-looking men with brown eyes, dark shoulder-length hair, and beards wearing brown robes were at the back of his truck. The man who spoke had raised his left hand, and Jim could see six fingers. That was July 1975. Twenty-seven years later, in 2002, a six-fingered, six-toed giant humanoid with long red hair and red beard was allegedly shot by a U.S. Marine patrol that was looking for another missing American patrol in Kandahar, Afghanistan's second largest city of about half a million people. Afghanistan is between Iran and Pakistan, and Kandahar is located in the south of Afghanistan on Argandab River at an elevation of 3,310 feet. The testimonies of two soldiers who were there and wanted to remain anonymous were videotaped by California producer L.A. Marzulli. Quote, it was a man at least 12 to 15 feet in height. This is a monster, red beard and hair, longish, past his shoulders, a scarlet red color. According to witnesses, the giant pierced one of the army soldiers with a long spear that killed the soldier. Eventually, the U.S. Marine Patrol killed the violent, threatening humanoid by shooting it in the face for 30 seconds straight. Then, a U.S. helicopter arrived to lift the giant in a net to another transport that took the huge body to Ohio, likely Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. The pilot said he was told to land in a specific airport in Afghanistan where they had to pick up special cargo and that absolutely no cameras were allowed. The pilot described his cargo this way, quote, it was basically a dead guy who was extremely large. Our pallets are about nine to 12 feet or so. And this guy was lying in a fetal position on the pallet and he filled the pallet. He was around a 1,100 pound guy, close quote. One of the soldiers interviewed confirmed that the quote, red haired, fair skinned giant had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. After the soldiers submitted their after action report, the soldiers were told by their top brass to rewrite the report in a particular fashion, presumably to remove any mention of a giant being, close quote, another cover-up. Natives living in Afghanistan have long talked about fair-skinned, red-haired giants with six fingers and six toes and double rows of teeth 
that live in caves in that region and are cannibals. All of that extraordinary 2002 report is reinforced by a U.S. Navy SEAL for me, who I call Sam. He told me two years ago in the fall of 2017 that he also encountered an alien giant in Afghanistan. The U.S. Army was being decimated by something unknown and unexplained. One entire U.S. platoon was mysteriously wiped out, actually disappeared before they could find it. And he said military authorities were sending messages that wanted to know, quote, what the hell is going on, close quote. So Sam was assigned to join another military team to find out more. And that's when he first smelled a being as he came around a corner and saw an eight-foot-tall, red-haired humanoid that smelled like rotten eggs with a strong sulfur odor. The humanoid seemed covered with some kind of armor that Sam wondered, was it biological or technological armor like artificial intelligence? Sam said that he knew firsthand from 1998 to 1999 that several dozen humans were found in the Balkan countries such as Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia, and Herzegovina, quote, dead, gutted, spines pulled out of the body between the shoulders, decapitated, blood all over the place except for the man that was turned upside down and his spine had been ripped out of his body at, through his, in the middle of his shoulders. And yet for this man with the spine removed, there was no blood anywhere in or on his body, close quote. The U.S. Army investigated and flew many planes in and out with technologies to measure and analyze. And Navy SEAL Sam told me, quote, where the bloodless body was found, there were designs on the walls. And those designs seemed to turn our minds to mush after we looked at them. And the walls were made of some unknown composite material. We sealed up the entire area, and then the Army transported some non-human bodies back to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio." Close quote. Where do the 12 to 15 foot tall, red-haired, six-fingered, six-toed giants come from? Could they be the same giants discussed in the Bible as Nephilim? According to chapter 6 of Genesis in the Bible, the Nephilim were the six-fingered, six-toed giants born from the sexual intercourse between the sons of God, also called Nephilim, and the daughters of man before the deluge, a huge global flood after the alleged God decision to return earth to its pre-creation state of watery chaos and then remake the entire earth. Adding confusion to the word Nephilim is that when Nephilim is translated in Greek, it means Titan, like the Titans versus Zeus in 
Greece. But in Ezekiel chapter 32, verse 27, Hebrew scholars translate the word Nephilim to mean fallen. Thus, the word evolved to fallen angels for some. And these are supposed to be giants with six fingers and six toes. In other parts of the Bible, in 2 Samuel chapter 21, verses 16 to 22, it says, quote, And then there was another battle at Goth, where there was a giant who loved to fight. He had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. Some ancient history researchers now do believe that the ancient source of all humans were extraterrestrials who had six fingers and six toes. Would that explain why the mathematical system of both ancient Sumer and Egypt was based on 12, not 10, meaning 12 fingers versus 10 fingers that we have now? There are 12-toed footprints in Anasazi petroglyphs in the canyonlands of Utah. There is a 12-fingered sky kachina in the tradition of the Laguna Hopi and the Pueblo Indians. The Brazilian Uga Mangulala believe their ancient fathers were white-skinned gods who came from the sky in golden vehicles 3,300 years ago. And those visitors had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot and told the Indians they came once every 6,000 years to share their knowledge on earth. So maybe 12 to 15 feet tall red-haired humanoid giants from Afghanistan to Utah to Brazil are linked to the six-fingered, six-toed giants of Genesis that were the hybrid offspring of the infamous Nephilim and human females, according to Genesis. But why are they still here, living in caves and underground? Adding to the confusion about which type of non-human with what agenda continues to interact with Earth I want to share a recent communication from an American male who currently works in flight operations for a large U.S. company. He wrote an outline about what he had to do to get to the secure part of the company where he worked in proximity with a non-human. The non-human at work. To get to my job, I had to park outside the gated company complex and swipe my ID to get through the main gate, swipe my ID to get into my building, swipe my ID in the elevator to allow me up to my floor, swipe my ID to get through the door on my floor, then additional rooms and doors on my floor were secure. I needed permission to gain access, including conference rooms that had opaque glass and secure processes to gain internet and phone. Each one of those access points listed above required special permission. Nothing was random. Every access point for anyone was controlled and requested 
only through senior management. I had just finished a meeting and was writing notes in a conference room all by myself. I felt the hair on the back of my neck stand up, and I felt the same strange energy as before when I met a non-human in another situation. This man, the non-human, was standing at the door of the room where I was working and would not look away from me, and yet he did not speak to me. He was very tall, about six and a half feet, and very, very pale. He had on a really bad, dark brown wig. His eyes were weird and he had no wrinkles on his skin. There was no communication. Later, I would see him wearing dark glasses and a few meetings with senior managers who seemed to be guiding the non-human about how to act in certain situations. After two months of this tall, pale being working with my managers, he disappeared and never came back. This is not the only voice that I have heard from in the past, well, let's say, I started really hearing from whistleblowers in the 80s who have had interactions with what they call tall whites, which may be this type. Tall whites are supposed to be up seven. Even one person said they can be as tall as eight feet. Extremely stern. Do not do much communication with humans but seem to have some sort of a collaboration agreement with Area 51 S4 and who knows how many other places. And that Charles Hall wrote the thick books about his knowledge and interaction when he was stationed in that area around Rachel, Nevada and describes the tall whites and how stern they are, but that they appear to have some sort of an agreement with our government and that they have access and access only to certain large underground bases. Well, if the tall whites have been here far before Homo erectus ever stood up in Africa two million years ago, if the tall whites go back millions of years, maybe they consider Earth their planet and we just happen to be surface life, that they either have been involved in manipulating DNA to create uh, an evolutionary process and experiment in uh, already evolving primates on the surface of the earth? And what would their relationship be? What would the tall whites, which appear to be different from tall Nordics with blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, allegedly quite handsome to be face to face, but they are apparently like the tall whites who don't communicate much. The, the Nordic blondes only communicate by telepathy. What would be the relationship between those two humanoids that seem to be different and a 15 foot tall? Look up at your ceiling in your eight foot or 10 foot, wherever you are, and, and think, going up 15 feet or 12 feet and that there are descriptions by military people in the Middle East that there are 12 to 15 foot tall giants with red hair 
red beards right now on earth? Are they related? That when you open up Genesis, you open up Samuel, you open up the, some of the other parts of uh, the Bible and, and other literature, that there are these discussions about the tall giants. We have all heard about David versus Goliath. David was the small human to a huge giant and allegedly took down this huge giant by swinging a rock at it. And where do the reptilian humanoids that so many people in the human abduction syndrome describe? What's their relationship to the tall whites, the tall Nordics, the hugely tall giant types? What are the reptilian humanoids' relationship to all of them? And then the question that keeps rising more and more, are the grays, all of the menagerie of all of the gray types, five feet, some described as seven feet, but so thin that it's like skin on something that would be like we made it out of rubber, not like an organic being. Are those tall, seven-foot-tall grays in charge of the five-foot-tall grays that are in charge of the four-foot, three-foot, two-foot clones, robots, androids, that, that the grays are involved with the creation of tremendous amounts of artificial intelligence, raising a question that keeps coming up to me from some people who have served in the military and others, are all of the greys, even the ones like the Ebens with the pear-shaped head that have been assigned a definition by people who have worked in the government and have had face-to-face -face with the Ebens and are called, they are an ally of us, the Ebens. Are the Ebens organic? Or are they artificial intelligence like all those other greys? That's the question. Are the greys artificial intelligence entirely? And if they are, what was the progenitor original intelligence that would have set the AI greys in motion in some part of the universe and that then the organic progenitors died out for reasons unknown, leaving their legacy in this myriad of gray beings that go throughout the universe claiming territory, claiming territory all throughout uh, all of the Milky Way galaxy and beyond, and that part of the strategy of the grays as it has been defined for me, if they are AI, is they continue to make uh, clones, uh, androids, hybrids, that they then put on various planets, and that becomes their ter territory. And those beings that they make, extending into and through the Milky Way galaxy and beyond, that's how they claim territory. And they don't have to leave much the, uh, wherever their original source is, because they keep extending, and if it is all AI, maybe they have solved the uh, 
the whole entanglement issue, that if you can entangle from planet to planet, solar system to solar system, galaxy to galaxy, if you can entangle some way at a photon level, you would have instantaneous communication, which, yes, I guess, on one side defies the speed of light at 186,000 miles a second because the photons have instantaneous communication, but that's one of the paradoxes right now of trying to understand the universe we are in. If you've got a bunch of AI that were able to keep uh, projecting themselves into a myriad of things throughout the universe, and then if they figure it out, entanglement, they could, they could be uh, seven billion light years from now, right from here, and still have instantaneous communication with AI entities that they have placed on the moon, Mars, and beyond. And this is how complex and challenging this whole huge phenomena is. And that the idea that a couple of years ago, when that big headline in the New York Times about auras and jet fighter pilots getting on infrared FLIR video of objects that are defined by our government officially, as I have quoted from the Secretary of the Navy, acting Secretary of the Navy, um, and now going to be the defense chief, that, that we are, when they talk about the unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs and UFOs, they mean objects that are doing maneuvers that defy our ability or our understanding. So this is, to me, beginning to be confirmation. I've talked with you all about disclosure has been happening for 70 years. Disclosure was the headline in Roswell, DISC crashes on a ranch, uh, beings. We, we've had disclosure of interactions with all these different beings for at least 70 years since World War II. Now we're into this world of confirmation that's coming in drips and drabs. We're going to have a space force. We've already had a space force. We have a space force, but they're going to wallpaper over the disconnect from what's happening in the black world to what's happening in the white world, and we're going to have this uh, space force. It will be the public cover for what is already going on. But it seems to me that right around the corner, coming, you can almost really feel it now, is that headline, we're not alone in this universe. And that once that breaks, once that is the headline in every country, in every language, everywhere on this planet on the surface, then all boats rise, all people who have had experiences with non-humans will feel relief. And maybe we will then move into a brand new phase on Earth for the first time ever 
ever where our fellow human beings, you, me, everyone, instead of worrying about being ridiculed by powers that be or our own fellow human beings, when we describe an object, a craft, a being that is not terrestrial, there will no longer ever again be ridicule. There will be gratitude that we now have finally reached that point in the timeline of Earth where an apparent extraterrestrial experiment, research, manipulation of DNA and already evolving primates to create what? Well, one of the results of genetic manipulation of evolving primates was Homo erectus in Africa two million years ago. And that was followed by the various models that we keep hearing about in new discoveries and bigger and bigger skulls, Denisovans and Neanderthals, and us, Cro-Magnon, Homo sapiens sapien. And right now, what I sense is that we want that we're not alone in the universe headline, but another big, big headline that is going to start unfolding, I think, in many, many more chapters is, who are we humans really in this huge, gigantic 16-layer chess game? Why was there a series of experiments on this laboratory Earth by intelligences from other places in this universe? Why did they come to this watery lab planet? And why were there experimentations for at least 200 million or more years, according to DIA people? And then why, once they got standing up primates, standing up the beginnings of human evolution, why did they keep either allowing or taking out some of their models like Denisovan and then Neanderthal, which had a bigger brain capacity than we have now and gets cross-faded out with Cro-Magnon, Homo sapiens sapien replacing it. What are we? Why are we here? What is our destiny in this universe that could even be a holographic projection from another dimension? And that if we knew all of the truth, we would know that the metallic craft and the biological entities that we have all wanted to know, what are UFOs, what are UAPs, what are these beings, why are they here? That the next big huge area that we're all going to have to be studying and trying to understand is that a big part of this is dimensions, interdimensional relationships between our matter universe and other dimensions is one of the keys to the sources of some of these intelligences. It's that big. It is that 
complex. And instead of being kept in the dark about it, instead of being told fairy tales, right now, 2019, soon to be 2020, in a planet that is warming and melting and changing around us at a rapidity that some scientists have predicted but many are astounded by, we have got to have that headline for everybody. We have to have a world consensus of the entire human family, not power brokers controlling the situation, keeping us in the dark. The whole human family deserves the truth. We are not alone in this universe. And our relationship to the evolution of this universe is apparently quite complex. And that one of the biggest breakthroughs beyond that headline that we're not alone, the biggest breakthrough will come when we have dialogue with some ally intelligence who can tell us humans, this is what we know about the history of Earth. This is what we know about why you were made and that the history of the evolution of standing up primates on Earth has something vitally important to do with the relationship of a divine field that is responsible for all matter universes, no matter how many there are. And once we begin to understand that, maybe, maybe, all the wars and all the death would end. That's my prayer every day. And I'm so grateful to all of you joining me in these dialogues about truth outside of political control. And I hope that you honor this time as much as I do. And right now, if Peggy is there, with questions or comments, I would love them. And uh, first I'd like to do a quick thank you to Judy Kennison and Bibi for their donations in the Super Chat tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. Everything helps. Um, Don Prudenti, she has a great question. She asks, has anyone ever tried to scare you out of this kind of work? Oh, gosh. Many times, yes. Um, I've had a gun in my face. Uh, I have had um, basically like things like a card left on a door. Uh, you would be wise uh, to stop the investigation that you are on. But I think probably the most prevalent has come over and over I don't know how many times now, 30, 40 times, I will have somebody in the military who approaches me. In, they can come quite often at conferences because it's safe. At a conference, you're among a couple of thousand people. And so somebody can come up to me and they can hand me a card, they can hand me an already written letter, a file, folder, uh, maybe they are with me one minute and they say, please read this and then there will be a way to communicate. 
that is not on the phone. And I will develop these uh, contacts and, and then in some cases where a phone is necessary and a phone is the only communication that we now know is going to be vulnerable to our government of the United States of America, an alleged democracy of, by, and for the people, we, we on the phone, we in our computers, I think they can monitor any of us. I'm in an office right now that I had built as an American journalist because I wanted to be able to see Sandia Crest Mountain, which is like this huge evolving National Geographic film outside of my window every hour of every day, and I don't want it closed off. And then I have a beautiful wild park at the other end. So I'm in a glass bowl and they know that. Well, they can listen in and all these windows and they can communicate and control and put frequencies in to hurt me and to hurt others. And, and I say all of this, it's all happened that I get these uh, phone calls from people or letters. Linda, after we talked, even though briefly, men in black suits and black ties and white shirts, I don't know whether they're copying Hollywood's version of them or Hollywood co copies their version, I don't know which, but they're black suited, black tied and white shirted. And they show up. They show up people at people's labs, offices, or uh, people will get a call. You are never to talk with Linda Moulton How again if, and the if relates to their family. And that is the shutdown of uh, many, what I probably would have been extremely important interviews. And it's the, also the way that the government has of saying, we know everything you do, we know where you are, we, can, we copy you, we, tra we uh, go after you in terms of following me when I'm someplace. I had a man walk up to me once in a conference had no, I'd never seen the man ever before. He said, remember back in 1983 at Kirtland when you were working on that HBO documentary and you were at the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, uh, you were there in that office, Richard Doty was giving you a briefing paper. He said, I know what you were wearing. And then he starts describing and what they want you to know is, yeah, he moved you to that chair because we wanted a videotape of everything you said and every question you ask in that meeting. That happened. Well, it explained for sure why Richard Doty asked me to move from the chair I was in front of that desk to this chair right in the middle of the room that made no sense, but that's where I was directed to. I was so... Uh, sort of green and naive then in 1983. It was only four years after I had done A Strange Harvest. Um, that, and, and this, the words I'm gonna say next, I think apply to a lot of Americans yet today. 
of my fellow Homo sapiens sapien human family. So many of you have had interactions with other intelligences. So why don't we just get this all broken open at the widest level? People stop being hurt. Journalists stop being deflected to lies. And we all learn exactly what the current U.S. government thinks are allies who are hostiles, who are neutrals, and why. And I don't think a single one of us would lie down into a fetal position and say, I don't want to know. Not now. Not as we're hitting to the middle of the 21st century and somebody, whether it's Elon Musk or whoever, we're going to be going to Mars. We're going to have a base on the moon and Mars. We are going to start having a public face of a space program throughout the solar system, even if we've got inter uh, interstellar trade routes that we've had since the 70s, which I think is absolutely the truth. What a complex but exciting time to be alive on this planet if we can survive the power brokers. Uh, let's see. What about, I'll try one short answer to a question. Okay, let's see if that can happen here. Linda, I have a question from Triple G. And he asks, do you believe the truth of UFOs will destroy theology? I wear a cross, not because I'm a Catholic. This cross that I've had for 30 some years is because two or three times I have been saved in absolute mortal danger. I would have died. And a blazing white huge cross has popped in. And on the other side of whatever it is that is going on, I'm alive, I'm strong, I'm energetic, and I keep going. Those blazing white crosses to me from the vantage point of now in September of 2019, looking back on a life in which I have been saved in mortal danger, is that if you do this with your hand right in front of you, just do that. Those of you that are sitting in front of the screen now, I think that another dimension is right there. I think another dimension that has a focused attention on what we are, what our relationship is with them, that the soul itself, what I think is the animating force of every single one of us that is alive, the soul itself can call out. The soul knows how to call out. And when it calls out, 
in my case, was huge blazing white cross. It has always been the foundation of what I've stood on combined with what I have shared with you about the time when I was 21 years old in the mountain in Idaho and what I think of as the divine field that can have a, a, something that monitors or is there, right there in another dimension that we can't get to because frequency divides by frequency. But it's right there. And in that experience, something wanted me to see the entire environment around me transforming into blazing white light that had orchid sparkles. And, and I experienced it. I saw it. Those, Idaho, the blazing white crosses, they ground me in a complete and total confidence that I am more than this. You are more than this. Religions on earth have become political. What I'm talking about is not political. That's the answer to my, your question. If other intelligences in this universe are presented to us as having some kind of a dimensional relationship with the creation of this universe by a divine field, all of the rules of religions don't matter. And that's my fundamental ground that I stand on, that I speak to you from. I do not think that the argument that religions would be destroyed, fall apart, no, it's not at all to me relevant to the big revolutionary issue in front of us. We're not alone in this universe. But we've been sold a bill of goods by competing intelligences and power brokers on this planet that probably have never been entirely human. We've been sold a bill of goods. We've been lied to, suppressed. Humans in many ways have been abused. And so getting that headline out, we're not alone in this universe, is almost, almost like the French resistance, we're free. And that's what I hope, that's how I hope it goes down. And that for all of you who are coming to my Earth Files YouTube channel, who feel and resonate with what I'm saying, as many of you write me, then you, we, if we keep growing, if we keep growing as a population of humans who are trying to understand and are not afraid, that we can make governments feel like, yes, you can tell us the truth and we're not going to fall apart, then getting that headline out will be an act, a declaration that we humans would like to return to being 
of, by, and for the people. I love you. for listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. And visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com. 